1 Corinthians chapter 3. chapter 3 if you look there notice what it says there in verse number 1 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 and I brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ I have fed you with milk and not with meat for hitherto ye were not able to bear it neither yet now are ye able for ye are yet carnal for as there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted Apollos waters, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything. Neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. I pray, Lord, that we would grow. I pray, Lord, that you would challenge our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would continue to see growth, uh, Lord, spiritually in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to see a proper view tonight. Lord, that you would help us to see where we're at and where we need to grow, where we need to be challenged. Lord, I pray that you would just give us uh, some good tools tonight that would challenge and help us, Lord, that would edify and build and encourage. Uh, Lord, and I pray that you would just give me the right words, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we're reading a passage and a, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. Was, was the church at Corinth known for being a highly spiritual church? Anybody? No, not at all. They had all kinds of issues. They had all kinds of problems. They had, and he mentioned several of them here, the envyings and the strife and the, the, the problems that are going on. There. What's this thing he's talking about, about Apollos and Paul? What, what's the issue that's going on there? Help me out. What's happening there? Yes, sir. Yeah, different people that baptized. Yeah, they started comparing, of, you know, who, who was the person that baptized you and uh, who is the one that's better? I, I'm of Apollos. And, and, and what's the problem with that? What is the problem? Yeah, division, exactly. And pride. Problems. It, and, and really, when you see something like that going on, what does it really reveal? It reveals that that church needs to grow up. You know, remember when you were in grade school, you had little things you used to pair and you'd fight about, you'd talk about. I mean, some people would even say things like this, my daddy is bigger than your daddy. My daddy's stronger than your daddy, or I have this and you don't. And, you know, you look at what's going on there, the church at Corinth, and you see great immaturity that's happening there. What are, what are one of the marks of a church that is a mature church? What would you say is a, a mark of it would be one of the top marks of a mature church? What would it be? Let's just name a couple of things. What do you think? Unity, absolutely. Unity. What, what is required for Unity. Love, absolutely. Love, selflessness, pride can't get involved in that at all. You're not going to have, with pride comes contention, the Bible says. And these fights that go on, problems. 
And so unity is, is really one of the, the biggest things that you see. And, and, and the way that you get unity is because of love. And how do you get love? It, it's growing. It's, it's learning. It's, it's becoming more like Christ. Because in reality, the kind of love we're talking about, as we were looking at last week, the, you know, Peter and, and Jesus is challenging him, and he says, do you love me? And it's more than just a brotherly love that we need in our church. It's, a, it's a, a, an agape love. It's, a, it's a, a love that has no strings attached, nothing required in return. And if we have that, we're going to have unity. If we have that, we're, it, we've, we are growing. We're becoming more like Christ. We're becoming more empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And, and God truly wants us to grow. God wants us to become mature Christians. Tonight, I want to just do a, just a quick challenge to us, and, and we're going to be looking at this in the next couple of weeks after we do our work nights. I'm going to come back to this because I want to talk about um, some steps for us to grow and for us to mature, and I want to kind of look at it tonight a little bit, and, and I, I want to challenge us as a church to grow spiritually. I really do. I don't think this is something we'll ever stop doing. We're always going to need to be challenged to grow. I never want to get to the place where it's status quo. never want to come to the place where, okay, we have arrived. How many of y'all think we've arrived? Nobody's raising their hand. And so we all need to grow. God wants us to grow. And God wants us to, to mature. God wants us to become um, more like Christ. And after we are maturing and we're growing, then the purpose is that we produce His life and the lives of those around us. We're actually, we're impacting other people. And I want to ask you right now, and I want you to think about this with me. Who are you impacting for Christ? Who are you discipling right now? Who is it that you are sitting down with and you are investing in their life because you have been growing spiritually and now you're helping somebody else to grow spiritually? Hey, what's the Great Commission? There's threefold. What are the three parts of the Great Commission? Help me out. What's the first part? Go. Absolutely right. Go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. God wants us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? So that's just the beginning. What's next? Baptizing. That's right. Isn't it wonderful to see people come and get baptized? Man, on Easter, I was so glad to see the Schluters follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Man, praise the Lord for that. I'm excited when I see people getting saved. I, I, I praise the Lord. Katie got saved a couple of weeks ago. And, and, um, and if you all know who Katie is, uh, um, she has uh, her little boy named Oliver, the big blue eyes, nice big smile, wonderful, uh, beautiful child. And Katie, she trusted in Christ. She'd been coming for some time, and, and finally she trusted in Christ as her Savior. What a blessing. And I'm looking and working with her. You know, right now I need somebody to disciple her. I need, for, I need for some grown Christians that are ready, I mean, ripping and ready and saying, I want to disciple somebody. Because that's part of the Great Commission. Who are you discipling right now? And, you know, we want to see them be discipled. Okay, okay, baptism. And then what's the next step? I jumped ahead of myself. What's the third part of the Great Commission? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. Teaching them. We're all to be part of that. That's why it's important that you are growing, that you are plugged into the ministry. Here at Lighthouse Baptist Church, I think it's so important that, yes, we see souls getting saved. Yes, we see people getting baptized. And, yes, we see people that are going through discipleship ministry that are growing. And we use, a, we use a discipleship ministry to try to help, to give you something. Now, you don't have to use continue, but who are you discipling right now? I challenge you with that. And that's the, the idea is for us to mature, to grow as believers, become more and more like Christ, and to reproduce, is for us to produce fruit. In Galatians 4.19, it says this, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again, unto Christ be formed in you. A burden that he had for them. In Galatians, if you look at it, he was burdened with them. He's, he's burdened with what they were going through and the challenge that they were facing there. But he's talking about there that, that until Christ be formed in you is the part I want to really focus on. Until Christ be formed in you. Colossians 1.28 says this, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Here is a challenge for the preaching of the Word of God. To warn every man. Okay, talking about the warning of the fact that a person without Christ is going to die and go to hell. Teaching every man in all wisdom. Teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded you. 
and that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Anybody perfect here tonight? Raise your hand. All right, so what's this talking about? Is that verse not up there? Why not have that verse? Okay. What is that verse talking about? What does it mean by perfect? And I know this, for some of you, this is so, you learned this a long time ago, but I want to go over it because I think it's important. And our children need to learn these things too. And some of you might not realize what this is talking about, so it's good for us to talk about it. What does it mean to be perfect in Christ Jesus? What's that talking about? No sin? State, uh, a place of sinless perfection? Total sanctification? Is that what we're talking about here? What is it talking about? Perfect in Christ Jesus. What's that word perfect mean? Anybody? Complete? Good. Yeah, absolutely. Complete? Yes, sir. Okay, thoroughly furnished. You could say it that way. I would, I would agree with that. Um, it, it, it really is. Uh, you guys are giving a, gave a good definition. It's talking about maturing. It's talking about being complete in Christ Jesus and, and being complete and growing and becoming more and more like Christ. It's, it's a continual process, by the way. And that phrase, they present every man perfect in Christ, it means building the principles of God's word into a person's life so that he's equipped to respond to any situation with a Christ-like or Christian attitude. Being perfect in Christ, it's talking about not just what you do on Sunday. It's not just what we do on Wednesday night. It, it's talking about in every area of our life, presenting every man perfect in Christ Jesus, building the principles in, learning and growing, helping and, and, and really edifying one another to that. And that's the purpose, by the way, of the church. The purpose that God has for the local church. Our level of spirituality is directly related to how much we become like Christ. And the, the purpose of the church, obviously, and I say that, the purpose is the Great Commission. I understand that. But I'm talking about why are you here right now? Why are you sitting in this service right now? What is the purpose behind it? Why do we have a 10 o'clock Sunday morning Bible study? Why do we have it? To grow. Absolutely. There's a reason we have that service. It's, it's to help people to grow and to build in principle. 11 o'clock Sunday morning we have a service. 6 o'clock Sunday night we have a service. 7 o'clock, and obviously I'm preaching to the choir tonight. You guys are here. And by the way, what I'm saying right now is not for us to look around and see who's not here. That's not the point I'm trying to make at all. What I'm trying to say is we as a church, we have these services to help people to grow. We have a discipleship ministry to help people to grow. And there's never going to come a time and a place in your life when you don't need it. Amen. There's never going to come a time and a place in your life when you don't need it. So many churches today are cutting services left and right. Dropping down to one service a week. Now, you, we can, I can sit here and point at all I want to do, but what I'm trying to say is this, is that we at Lighthouse Baptist Church, we have church services on purpose so people will grow. It's to edify, it's to build, it's to grow. Look over if you would. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 if you would. Look at verse number 11. chapter 4. Look at verse number 11, if you would. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. There it is again. There's that word perfect. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God allows for us to have these people that God has gifted, that God has called. The reason why I am here at Lighthouse Baptist Church, you can find it right there. God's Word says right there that God puts people like this in your life, and it's there for the perfecting of the saints. And if I'm not doing my job well, let me put it this way. I am not doing my job if people aren't growing. There's something wrong. 
Now, I've had some people say, well, I just don't get any spiritual food from it. I can tell you this. There might be times when you might sit through a service and not feel maybe at that time that it spoke directly to you. But, you know, that should be a rarity. If you are in the Word of God the way that you should, if you are prayed up the way that you should, when you come and sit down, the Word of God is going to be open. And when the Word of God is open, it's not going to return void in your life. You're going to have things that God is going to bring back to you, and there's going to be things that He will... You'll get, a, you'll get a message that is personalized just for you. And, and I've seen that again and again and again, and I will tell you that there's no doubt about that. But here's the thing. It, it, God uses the preaching of God's Word to do that. God uses the teaching of the Word of God to do that. And that's why it's so important that we are in church when the doors are open. That's why it's so important that you're, you're growing and, and you're learning and you're listening to the Word of God as it's being preached. It's so important. Yes, God uses the, the teachers and the preachers and evangelists and, and the, for the edifying of the body and the perfecting for people to, 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 to grow and to, to have all sufficiency in Christ and to know how they should live their life. God also uses several other ways to accomplish this task. How about problems? Sometimes God will use problems in the work in our life. There's been some of the most growth times in my life were when I went through the most difficult times. And I'm sure we could stand and give testimony. Many of you could. Times you look back and the problems that you went through and how you grew. God will use problems. Sometimes God will even use irritations to help us grow. You don't know what I'm talking about? Sometimes things are irritating and God is trying to stir something. Or sometimes God is trying to help you grow in your patience. Sometimes God is trying to help you grow in your faith. God will use irritation. Sometimes God will use responsibilities to come into your life that will motivate you to search out the Word of God. Can somebody think of a responsibility that comes into your life that should motivate you to get in and learn the Word of God? Absolutely. Teaching a class. Getting into a class and, man, being motivated to be able to, to, to really help those kids. The teachers, remember we just talked about the edifying, the perfecting of the saints? That's part of our teaching ministry. Man, praise the Lord for teachers. Yeah, so what's, what's another one, though? Responsibilities, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one I was thinking of, parents. The responsibility. I know some people, and, I'm an, and if the young people were in here, I'd be challenging them, but I'm going to challenge the young kids too. Don't wait to become a parent to try to figure out what the Word of God says. Learn the Word of God now, and because I'll tell you, when you become a parent, you all of a sudden go, whoa, man, I wish I had to learn more than I did. I wish they knew more of the Word of God. That responsibility, it ought to motivate us, and it should motivate us to search out the Word of God and, and, and help us to develop the full potential that He has for us and for those that we're impacting. You see, he knows that if left to ourselves, many of us would only develop a small portion of the aptitude, of the abilities, the capabilities that he's given us, that he wants to work in us. And so he puts these things in our life, and sometimes it's a challenge, sometimes it's a, a storm, and sometimes it's an irritation, sometimes it's a, the Holy Spirit speaking to you about stepping up to a responsibility of a ministry. And he'll use that. So spiritual maturity is not something that, that it just happens by itself. It's not going to happen by accident. God is going to cause things in your life to help you to grow, but you've got to be plugged into God's plan. You've got to say, God, I want to grow. God, I'm going to get into the Word of God and read it. I'm going to pray as I should. I'm going to be in church when I should. And I'm going to take the responsibility of, of whatever you put me in, whatever place that I'm in, if I'm a, as a parent, um, as, as a, a co-worker, as a, a Sunday school teacher, whatever it is, I'm going to allow that and, and I want to grow. And so God wants us to grow. And so talking about spiritual growth, we've, we've kind of laid out kind of a foundation, the thinking of why we should grow and how we can grow and, and, and what church allows us, how church allows us to grow or causes us to grow if we'll let it. But tonight I want to just spend a few moments and talk about some hindrances to growth. I want to look at just a couple of things that will hinder your growth. And I, I think a lot of us probably already know these things, but I think it's good to review it. The first thing I, I believe that is truly a hindrance to growth is the society in which we live. The society in which we live. Now, before I say anything further, I want to say this. Hindrance to growth are not excuses because we're not growing. 
hindrance to growth, and the reason why I'm even covering it is because I'm trying to help you identify perhaps those trips in your life, those, those missing things in your life, or something that's affecting your growth. And if you can identify that, then you can now say, okay, Lord, I'm going to get those hindrances out of my life so I can grow. And I, before I go any further, let me just ask you this, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but do you desire to grow spiritually? Is that a goal for you in your life? Is it your desire to become more like Christ? Is it your desire to, to, to mature and to be a mature Christian? And, you know, the Apostle Paul, let's just go back before I get into this. I want you to go back, look if you would at 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3, if you would. Look at it again. a couple of verses I want to pull out, and then we'll, we'll go look at those hindrances. I don't have a long list of them tonight, but I, want to, I just want to really get your, your thinking. I want to challenge you with this. The Apostle Paul, having to write to the church at Corinth, he says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. You know, that's a shame. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way in a church that's been around as long as Lighthouse Baptist Church has. It shouldn't be that way in a life of a Christian that's been saved for so many years. You're not newborn Christians. And I'm not saying that this is a, a, an indictment upon Lighthouse Baptist Church. What I'm saying is it would be a shame if this was true of a Christian that's been saved or a church that has the history that Lighthouse Baptist Church has, that the, that the, the, the people that are members of the church are carnal. And he says, I fed you with milk and not meat. You weren't able to bear it. It'd be a sad day at Lighthouse Baptist Church that the, the church membership is not growing and they can't take meat. They can't eat it. Where there's envying and strife and division. Walking in the old man. Challenging, fighting. And, and I praise the Lord. I, let me just stop and say this right now. There is a unity in this church that I am so thankful for. It's so wonderful. I've seen it. We, we've seen so much unity. And so I'm not trying to attack an issue. What I'm trying to do is avoid an issue. Because if we don't continue to grow, it's going to cause major problems in this church, in, this, in your homes, in your relationships. I guess I'm, I'm wanting to point that out. Jump down if you would now. And he says, look if you would at verse number 11. He says, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall be tri uh, shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. When I get to heaven, I don't want to say that I was saved, yet so as by fire. I would pray that there would be no Christian in this church that would be saved, yet so as by fire where they have nothing to show for it. And by the way, I'm going to give an account as your pastor. I'm going to have to give an account for you, for what you have done. And I'm going to have to give an account for what I have done. I'm going to have to give an account. And I, I, I'm, I don't want to be ashamed in the day because I haven't done my part in challenging you to grow and helping you to grow and preaching the Word of God and being faithful to preaching the Word of God so that we could grow and and I would hate to get to heaven and yet be saved, yet so as by fire, and have nothing of reward. Have no crown to be able to lay at the feet of Jesus because of what you did and you were a good and faithful servant in this life. And by the way, the race is never over until that last call when Christ says, come home. Doesn't matter what age you are, how young, how old, we all are in, we're supposed to continually grow. God wants us to grow. And so I want to just challenge you with that. So... We talk about things that may hinder our growth. Society in which we live can definitely hinder our growth. We live in a, a society where everything is instant. I want it now. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we see. We have fast food. Um, we have uh, money machines. You can go, and even that's getting old school now. I mean, you can, you can use your phone and just touch the thing, or you can use your credit card and tap it, or your bank card and tap it, or you can... You know, I mean, everything is just, everything is based on, let's just see how fast. You got your uh, fast serve lanes, self-checkout. How many of y'all just love self-checkout? Yeah. You do, huh? Some of you do. Some of you hate it now. 
And, you know, all these things, trying to get people through, and of course it's all about the bottom dollar, I know that, but we have all these things and conveniences, and there's a lot of attitude in our society of everything. We have to go, we're not willing to work at it. We're not willing to, 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 uh, to wait for it. We're not willing to try hard and, and work hard and continue to be faithful and, and looking down the road for, for the return on what we're doing. I want it now mentalities in our society. There are a lot of people like that with finances. Get rich quick. They want it now. People, you know, when I grew up, I remember thinking to myself, and I remember my dad even talking about it, how terrible it was that they were going to have a vote, voting in Michigan, whether or not they should have casinos. I remember, I remember him talking about that, being a big deal. And yet now, casinos are everywhere. And if you don't think it's a problem, all you got to do is look at what it does to destroy people. People want to get rich quick. People that don't even have the money. A uh, statistic from several years ago, and people made a lot less than they do now, but it, it's even worse now than it was then. But this statistic that I found, it, it says that incomes, people were spending, um, uh, people that made $15,000 a year, okay, they're talking about low income right now, we're talking about the bottom of the income level. They were spending money they could not afford on trying to get rich, trying to hit the big one. They were 8.4% of the people that were, were, were uh, polled said they were spending $100 a month now, if you made $15,000 a year, $100,000 a month is $1,200. Percentage-wise, think about how much that is. Now, that's nothing now. I understand that. But I'm talking about there's people, percentage-wise, people are spending so much money with the idea of trying to get rich quick. Listen, the, the casinos are in business to make money and to take advantage of people like that. And why am I even saying all that? Because we live in an instant society right now, and as Christians, we fight many of the same exact battles. Our attitudes are formed by the society in which we live rather than by the principles of the Word of God. Our attitudes are if the society is doing it, if people are doing this, we can do that. Everything's fine. It's not wrong. It's not legally wrong. No, we need to go to the principles of the Word of God. We look around. We see all this world has to offer. Many people see it. They say it looks good. Let's go after it. The problem is this. We forget that there is a price to pay when we go by the world's way. If you're going to go out and do it the way the world does it, if you're going to go out and try to do everything in the world in, 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 as society would do, there is a great price to pay. In our society today, there are so many things that are so easy to get involved with. And, and we have young people today that have been exposed to sexuality. There have been young people today that have seen everything. We have people today that don't think anything of watching all the garbage and listening to garbage. We, people don't think anything of the fact of, of, of going out and, 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 and instant gratification to the flesh. And the problem is, many Christians today are doing the exact same thing. And we are paying the price in our society because of it. We're paying the price in churches across America because of it. There's so many people today that they go to church. They say that they're a Christian. They don't even know the fundamentals of the faith. They don't even know uh, the Word of God. They, they don't have the strength to, to be able to have victory in their life. You see, you can't violate the principles of God's Word and expect God to bless your life. You cannot violate the principles of God's Word and expect God to bless your life. And there are Christians all over the country today that are violating the principles of the Word of God, and they're saying, God, why don't you bless me? And it's not just in those churches over there, churches over there. Church, I'm talking about right within our churches that we go to. I'm talking about... We're talking about we need to make sure we're not doing it ourselves. I see it happening in families. Families that are close to me. I'm not going to go into it, but I see it. I see families that want instant gratification. They don't want to fight the battles. They want it easy. They want to let the kids do whatever they want to do. They don't want to be faithful to church. They want to go to a church that makes them feel good. They want to go to a church that they only are accountable to going to church when they show up. They never want to have anybody else to, to hold them accountable. They don't want to be plugged in. They don't want to be part of a ministry. They want to, they, but they feel good. Everything's good. The payday comes. And it's so sad because when you see what happens when you, if you, listen, you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. People want instant spiritual results. It's so sad. You know, I've, I've, I've seen it happen. People, they'll come and they say, i got this problem, all these problems, all these issues. i got this problem, i got this problem. And I'm glad people want to come and ask me to try to help them, but the problem is, here's the issue. 
They'll come, and they've been developing these problems for years now because they've not been reading the Word of God. They've not been praying. They hardly come to church, and if they come to church, they think it's an amazing thing that they were there once a week. And and they they have made so many decisions to put everything in the world ahead of God, everything in the world ahead of their family, everything in the world ahead of their relationship with their husband or their wife, and then they say, why do we have all these problems? And they'll come to the pastor and they'll say, can you do something for us? They think I'm going to take some magical dust and and put it over their head and all of the problems are going to go away. I know that sounds funny, but it's sad. It's sad. And the thing is, it's it's so prevalent today. People want a quick fix and they think that the problem is it took years getting to that place. Years of avoiding church, years of not growing spiritually, years of not reading their Bible, years of not talking to God. They don't even know if God answers prayer anymore because they don't have a prayer life. And they wonder why they have a problem now because Susie doesn't believe in God. You might think I'm getting rough tonight, but I'm telling you, listen, I've seen it now. I've been in the ministry long enough. I've experienced and seen it, and I've seen what it causes. And don't think it can't happen to you. Don't think it can't happen to your kids. You ought to get on your knees and beg God that it won't. People that I've known and respected, and even they tried to do everything right, those kids still had to make a choice. And the thing is, listen, we need God's help. We need to do it God's way. We need to follow the principle of the Word of God. And if we're not, don't expect everything to turn out okay. But by the grace of God, it will. Get in the Word of God. The world around us is completely against the family. It's against God. It's against the Word of God. It's against preaching like I'm preaching right now. You want spiritual results? Follow God's Word. Follow the principles of God's Word. Make God the number one priority in your life. By the way, God thought church was pretty important. Jesus gave himself for it. He died and gave himself for it. It's important that you're involved in church. We, are, we work together. There's a reason why God gave you a church. God gave you a pastor. God gave you a teacher. It's important that we understand that. And we want quick results. We don't want to put in the time. We just want it now. We want microwave Christianity. I don't need to come to church on Wednesday night because I'm just going to get it quick. I don't need to get in my word of God, in the word of God, into my Bible. I don't need to do that. Everything's going to be fine. My relationship is good. Me and my wife, man, everything is wonderful. Are you all getting the point what I'm talking about tonight? Yeah, we live in a very difficult society, and that definitely is going to hinder our growth, and so we have to be so careful. So careful. Another thing that's hinders our spiritual growth is our backgrounds can hinder your spiritual growth. The ungodly influences from your backgrounds. Our backgrounds, they don't make us Christians, but they do have an effect on our maturity. Many new converts today, they've never been exposed to the kind of influence of life in which that helps build character in their life. A lot of Christians today, the people that first get saved, they've never learned proper character in their life. I'm seeing that so prevalent now. There are a lot of young people that grow up, they're going to a government school that is teaching them, I'm not sure, well, they're, they're teaching the philosophies of the world and the God of this world. They're teaching them all these things, but they, they're not learning proper character. People that have true character. And so when they come into church and they, they hear about that they're a sinner and needing a Savior, lovingly you, you lead them to the Lord, and now lovingly, listen, we need to try to help them to grow. Understand they're not going to get it all right right from the beginning. Somebody comes in here and they're not dressed just right, man, don't beat them down. It, the, they're, they're new Christians. They're, now, if a person's been saved for 29 years and still doesn't know the difference between modest and immodest, got a problem, don't we? But there's people that come in, and, and what I'm trying to say is, is yes, we live in a society today where there's going to be, if we're going to see people get saved in this church, you're going to see different kind of people walk through the doors than what you're comfortable with. And if you're not, we're not seeing that, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Now, if any man be in Christ is the new creature, old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. Absolutely, spiritually speaking, that's so true. 
but you still got those old things they're going to be struggling with, those old friends. Many of them never were taught by a father how to be a man. They need to be taught by men in this church, men by example, men that are there. These ladies, they don't know what it means to be a godly woman. Who's going to teach them? Where are the godly women to teach them? Who's going to teach them? A challenge to us. Talk about wanting to grow. Well, who's teaching? Who's helping them to grow? You think I'm talking hard tonight? I'm talking reality here, folks. You live on an island and all you care about is us four and no more? That's not why you're here. That's not your purpose. God has you here on a purpose, yes, to take care of your family, but reach out beyond your family, too. We need to be reaching out to this world that's lost and on the way to hell. People that are needing to be saved, and when they get saved, discipling them. They're going to have a hard time growing because of their past, because of the influences, because of the fact that they need friendship. I talked to a young man. I said, I haven't mi- I've missed you. You've not been in church. I'm missing you. He says, I feel like a shadow there. That's a quote. I feel like a shadow there. I have a very good relationship with them. But what I'm trying to say is that, listen, people might be different. They might put you out of your comfort. Remember I talked about the, the, the earlier about helping us to grow? God will inconvenience us some. God will make us feel that way. We need to help them to grow. It's so important, and yes, it is true. And so we've got to, as mature Christians, if that's what we want to call ourselves, we've got to make sure that we're not allowing the old past to influence us, allowing the wrong influences, or allowing the, the world to have an impact on us. That's why the Apostle Paul, as he wrote to the church at Rome, he, he said in Romans 12, 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's a transformation that takes place, but it, it's something that is a continual, it's a growing thing. It's something that has to happen in our life. Influences. Background can hinder our spiritual growth. Ungodly influences. You know, improper Christian influences can even do the same thing. Improper Christian influences. People saying things like, I'm not going to church. You're going? I'm not going. Hey, by the way, if you're not going, don't tell anybody, please. I'm serious. You get together with your peers and you say, well, I'm not going. Please don't say that. How about you leading? How about you setting the example? I'm challenging you. We, we ought to make sure that the improper Christian influences that don't cause us to be pulled away. Well, other Christians aren't doing it. What does that have to do with anything? What are you supposed to be doing? I'm challenging you. I'm challenging myself. This is a challenge. It's sad that, and ironic, that the atmosphere that was designed by God to promote spiritual growth could itself become a hindrance. We've got to be so careful with that. The influences of churches and individual Christians can hinder a person's spiritual growth, and there's a number of reasons. I've mentioned already a couple of why it could happen, but... You know, there, there's, there's some churches that don't cause people to grow. That's one of the big things that we've seen. And they talked about the purpose-driven church. And if you do any of the reading of the study of how that all turned out, the writers have now going back and saying, we messed up bad. And the reason they're saying that is, is because we broke everything down to such a basic level of milk, and that's it, of just the gospel and making all that are lost feel comfortable when they come into church. By the way, it ought to be so loving that people feel welcome. But they broke, they took down all the barriers, anything possible they could. When I say barriers, I'm talking about barriers they shouldn't have taken down. They took away uh, strong teaching. They eliminated services. They did everything they could possibly do to try to lure the world in. The world came in and took over. And they look back at it now and they say, we did a great big mistake. Because now we have a whole generation of a church that doesn't know the word of God that can only drink milk and can't eat meat. So many people that have done that, we have to be very careful that we, we're not part of that. And, and, and that's why at, at the Lighthouse Baptist Church, we, we're going to see things, we've already seen things, we change, we try to use different ways of reaching people, 
But what's not going to change at Lighthouse Baptist Church is the preaching of the Word of God is going to stay the same. The principles of the Word of God are going to stay the same. The, the Word of God being the final authority, the truth of the Word of God, is, is going to stay the same. We might have different types of services. On Sunday night, our small groups, you can call it Sunday school if you want. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, you can call it Bible study or you can call it Sunday school. We might change the type of services that we have, moving our, our teen night to Wednesday night to try to reach our teen. We've tried different things. Because unless I find book, chapter, and verse as to why it's wrong in the Word of God, I'm not going to say it's wrong to try it. If you pray about it, God gives you peace about it. But where the problem is, is when we stop preaching the Word of God, we stop teaching the Word of God. Vacation Bible School is a great time. You know we use a lot of entertainment to keep kids in, but that's not the everyday service. We're not going to have a Vacation Bible School every time we have a service. Every time. There's going to be times when we're, and by the way, even in Vacation Bible School, we preach the Word of God. We teach children that they are a sinner in need of a Savior. And so we need to be very careful that there, there are churches out there that are, are leading people to not ever grow. I've seen it. I've known people. I've seen people graduate. They start out in the good fundamental church. That, when I say fundamental, we're talking about the fundamental doctrine of the Word of God. Strong preaching. Having preaching be the priority within the service. Having it be the thing that is according, following the Word of God. A strong church, and then they progress, and they, that, that church, is, they, they, they move from that church to maybe they made a move physically or something. They end up in a church where things aren't what they used to be. They, they're, they're, the, the, the church they're going to now, they have one church service a week, and now you know they get used to that, but they say, I'm happy, I'm happy, everything's fine, it's good, it's good, I'm happy. And then you see the next, the next step that happens. They're going through, and they're, they're religious, and they're doing all of this. Their children have grown up in a home where Christ is not uh, lifted up. Uh, church is not the, uh, important in their life. And these kids, they, they, they go wherever they want to go. By the way, this is Lighthouse Baptist Church. If you're a member here, you ought to come to Lighthouse Baptist Church. Anybody want to say amen to that? If you're a member of Lighthouse Baptist Church, you ought to come to Lighthouse Baptist Church. This is your church. This is the body that God has placed you in. And it's important, and I say that because there's a, there's a mentality going on in the world today, I mean, and it's really prevalent, even in our youth groups, where let's go to that group, let's go to that group, let's go to that group, let's go to that group. And we let mom and dad are letting our kids do that. And oftentimes the doctrine that's being taught and the... the, the it's completely different than what's being taught at your church that God puts you in that you're a member of. We've got to be so careful with that. I've seen that happen. I've seen that, that that's kind of what happens with families at times. You'll see the kids will start, well, this youth group isn't doing as much fun as that youth group, so my kids are going to go to that youth group. And before you know it, th th there's no foundation. There's no foundation. And, and Listen, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to pick on anybody that's here tonight. I'm just telling you what I've seen in the past. And I'm talking about Christian influences. And, and, and it's so important that we understand that we have, when you have a church that God has put you in as a member of that church, you ought to be faithful and you ought to be loyal to it. You ought to be faithful and you ought to teach your kids the same thing. God wants for the church to bring his children to spiritual maturity. It's important that we're doing that. God is glorified when we bear fruit. No one is going to bear fruit until they mature, until they grow. And in John 15, verse 8, it says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And the challenge I'm asking tonight, really the bottom line is this, are you growing? Are there things that have gotten in the way? Are there stumbling blocks the devil tried to put? Is there the, 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 the society getting in the way? Are you, are you got your focus on the things that are important? Are you, are you focusing on growing? Are you growing as a child of God? Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Where is the fruit? Is God being glorified? Are you his disciple? Christ says these words. And so it's our responsibility to grow. Now, obviously, the Holy Spirit helps us grow. The Word of God helps us grow. The, the, the church that God has put you in helps you to grow. But you have to make a choice yourself whether you're going to grow. It is our responsibility to mature. It is then our responsibility to help bring those around us 
unto spiritual maturity. For you to grow spiritually, are you growing in Christ? If not, is it because of some of the hindrances in your life? What's hindering you from growing? What's hindering you? Once again, those hindrances are not excuses, or are they? We can't use them as excuses. I'm challenging you. I want you to look at your life. Are you growing right now? Are you being honest? If you're not growing and becoming more like Christ each day of your life, you're not fulfilling God's purpose. Each day, God wants us to grow closer to Him. Are you doing all you can do to bring those around you to maturity? Are you involved in discipleship? Now, discipleship isn't just involved with the church discipleship. I'm talking about discipling those around you. Are you helping your husband grow closer to God, ladies? Men, are you helping your wife grow closer to God? Are you growing and, and challenging and iron shoppers iron? Are you encouraging another? Are you helping your children to grow closer to God? Your friends? Brothers and sisters here in the Lord? Say, I'm not quite there yet. Well, none of us are. And that's why we need to stop at times and stop and say, let's do a checkup. Where am I at? Am I more like Christ today than I was yesterday? Am I growing? Am I doing what God has told me to do? Am I bearing fruit? Am I bringing people to Christ? Am I helping those around me become more like Christ? Challenge to us. Let's all stand with our heads bowed, eyes closed as we pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us. Lord, I thank you for our church. Thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us, Lord, to be able to open your word and be challenged. Lord, I know the words that uh, inspired the Apostle Paul to write to Corinth, they weren't easy. Lord, I pray that you would help us tonight to understand the spirit by which the words were spoken tonight. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to grow, help us to mature, help us to stay strong, help us, Lord, to continue on. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to make a decision, Lord, that we would decide that we're going to grow. Lord, that we would make a decision for our homes that we're going to serve you. Lord, that we would make a decision that we're going to surrender completely, Lord, to your will for our life. And Lord, when we do, we're empowered by your spirit. And yes, there will be love. Love that we demonstrate to those around us. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed, eyes closed tonight. God, speak into your heart. I don't know how he's speaking to you. It might be something that the Holy Spirit of God is impressing on your heart. I invite you just to answer, to respond. I challenge you tonight to make a decision. Make a choice to grow. Make a commitment. Make a decision. Not waste time. But let God use the time that he's given you. grow. Ask God to help you grow. Make a commitment to be faithful in your word, reading the word of God, praying, faithful to church, faithful in being a discipler as you follow Christ, as you're a disciple of Christ.
seated. Let's go ahead and get our prayer list out if you would. I've got several uh, prayer requests I'd like to share with you. Yes, thank you. You could be uh, in prayer for Elaine Snyder and her family. Her brother passed away this morning. Um, we've been praying for God's grace and mercy there, and, and really, it's it's good to see that he is gone. He was in so much pain and suffering, but still, the family was in great loss. So, be in prayer for Elaine, if you would, and for her family. Also, Kim Ely is asking prayer for herself and her um, um, and her husband's health, uh, Kim and Scott. Add them to your prayer list. Be in prayer for Kim and Scott Ely. Bonnie is asking the same prayer. Thank you, Bonnie. Praying for her daughter and son-in-law. Also, if you'd be in prayer for uh, Bobby Harris, um, he went to um, the hospital today. He's uh, really sick. Um, just be in prayer for him. We ask that you pray for him. Over here on Sunday, and, and uh, not feeling well. And if you could pray also for um, my my sister Denise uh, and her family. Denise is uh, diagnosed with COVID today, and so if you'd be in prayer for her, if you would. And also, I want to encourage you on our prayer bulletin. It lists all the ministries here at Lighthouse Baptist Church, and. Um, it lists each of the, the different ministries and classes. Um, but I want to just mention the widow's ministry. Um, encourage, let's be in prayer specifically for our widows. Um, not just for class, but for individuals. And so just to invite you to pray for them, if you will. Um, I think it's important. Widows are important to the Lord. And I think it's important we pray for our widows. Also, be in prayer for, um, um, if you've been watching the news at all and hearing about the Supreme Court, let's pray that we will see an end uh, to legalized abortion um, as far as on a federal level. Uh, be in prayer about that if you would. Let's pray for our, our country, pray for the upcoming elections in November. Um, it's going to be big, big, um, I know, a big push against um, the hearings. Supreme Court. Pray for the Supreme Court justices that are taking a stand for life. Uh, just pray for their health. Pray for their protection. Pray that they will continue to, to make the right decision, even though there's going to be an enormous amount of pressure. Um, so let's pray for them. If you would specifically pray for them, I think it would be great. Continue to pray for Ukraine, um, people that are being hurt there, many families that are losing everything, and uh, be in prayer for them if you will. All right. That's all the prayer requests that I have, and uh, so let's go ahead and, and uh, break up into small groups. We'll pray for about the next um, um, about 10 minutes, and then we dismiss in prayer. I'll have an announcement at the very end. Thank you.
pray for Linda Pepper's broken arm. Um, she fell last week, and uh, Ron says she's not doing very well. Um, I'm not going to mention that on the air, so please be in prayer for Linda, if you would. Um, and then also pray for Charity's mom. Um, she fell this past week, and she broke her leg. Um, she had knee replacement, and the leg broke just above where the knee was replaced. So it's in a really bad spot, um, and it's really difficult. Um, she was in the hospital. It's not going to be able to get out for a while. Um, you have to go through a lot of physical therapy. Um, and it's so hard because she's in Canada. My wife, um, right now, to go to Canada, it's a very difficult thing. So pray for wisdom on that um, and, and pray for her mom for healing as well. All right. Um, one more quick announcement. Uh, West Shore Pregnancy Center is having a baby bottle boomerang uh, for Mother's Day till Father's Day. So there's some time there. Um, they're going to be collecting as many baby bottles as they possibly can. Um, so it's just baby bottles. bring the bottles. You just need people to fill it with money. That's what we're going. Okay. All right. I was just checking. All right. So um, I figured it was something like that. So if you're willing to help out the, the pregnancy care center, um, and right now is a good time to help, especially if you see an end coming to Roe versus Wade um, in the outcry. There's going. To, I'm, I'm praying there's going to be a whole lot more ladies that are planning on having children, and we need to try to help them with, with as much love and, and, and help as much as we can. And so it's an opportunity for us to be able to get involved with the help of that. Let's all stand up. We'll be dismissed in prayer. If you're willing to help, tear down. We'd love to get your help. We're going to be moving the chairs, stacking them up, get them out of the way, and then setting the, the tables up. And uh, let's see here. Miss Catherine. Where's Miss Catherine? She just here earlier. She's in the nursery. She's going to be the one telling her. Do you know where those tables go? Okay, so my wife's going to be able to tell our biggie. And so if you want to know where to put it, just ask them. All right, let's be dismissed in prayer. Dave, would you please dismiss us in prayer?